0: Omagyana timirand hasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshuran militam yena tasmai shi guruvenamaha. Just a few days ago, departed from this world. Now you may wonder why I'm speaking to you about this as you're living here in Dubai, and you may think, well, you know, I never. We didn't have much contact with Tamal Krishna Maharaj. So why should I speak so much? But actually, for all those who are connected with Prabhupada, ISKCON, whether you know it or not, you're a little cut off from the mainstream of ISKCON life, which... Has it's advantages and disadvantages. Because some advantages in the sense that our movement is a big and often turbulent movement. There are many whirlpools, many things going on, so in some ways it's peaceful to be away from the the great fight against Maya in which uh, fight is a fight, it's not always pleasant. So you may not know so much about him But actually uh, Among Prabhupada's disciples and Everyone knows that Tamal Krishna is Prominent In our movement In, in a way which uh, There is no one else Prominent in In that way Maybe uh, among all the devotees in our movement uh, they uh who are, who are very prominent i i think jayabacharma is also very prominent but in a very different way in very different personalities so uh, you may not know how much you are influenced by him because he is a very influential person in our movement We're still speaking in the present tense it's, it's very difficult to get used to speaking of him in the past tense. So I'll, I'll speak what I can remember, whatever Krishna allows me to remember this time. Krishna says, From me comes remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. So I haven't prepared this systematically. But I'll speak what I can remember in glorification of this great personality, great devotee who was with us until very recently, and is still with us, but not in the same way. Maybe you've seen the photo. Do, well, are we showing this now? Yeah, it's language, Oh, it's just on the computer screen. So one, most of you can't see it. But uh, you'll see there's a very prominent mark here. So I heard that, that said that those who know the science of physiognomy say that that's the, the sign of a great personality. This Gorbachev had such... And it still has. He's a great personality in a different way. Materially. So, actually, Brahmananda Prabhu, who's, a, if you know at all the history of Iskon you must know his name also. These are all big names from the beginning days of Iskon. He was also there in Mayapur. And the day afterward, I mean, in Mayapur, when this event happened... So he was also there and he revealed he revealed something that Tamal Krishna Maharaj had told him which
1: uh,
0: which hadn't he said said that no one had known this before because only Tamal Krishna Maharaj had known him Tamal Krishna Maharaj first came in contact with Prabhupada well he told that he used to see him in because actually Tom Maharaj is from New York and if you know about his personality then you'd understand he's a New Yorker he's not he's not a Californian but he joined the movement in California so he was a musician he used to play a flute Ramananda was saying he used to go to Tompkins Square Park where Prabhupada at the weekend he would sit on the grass, Prabhupada would sit and he'd chant Hare Krishna. And so many people would come. So, the to-be Tamal Krishna Das also used to go there and play his flute. And people used to give some money. But all the people were going to the other side. He wasn't very happy with that. He was thinking, who is this person who is spoiling my business? <laughs> later on he came to realize that this was the person who was going to spoil his whole material life <laughs> not very long afterwards so anyway he moved out to the west coast you can find all these things in that book of his have you seen that Servant of the servant? who read that book okay, it's a very very inspiring book So he was part of the West Coast hippie scene. And uh, anyway, he joined Prabhupada's movement. And within a short time, he, he became a leader because it was very much his nature. Just like Prabhupada, he told that when he was born, an astrologer made his chat. And he's he calculated and he said one thing, who come Chalega? What he says, people must follow. So Prabhupada is very much like that. He was a person who had... Prabhupada described that even among my friends at school, all throughout his life, whoever he moved among, he was always the leader. So Tamar Raj is very much like that also. In fact, there was one very astonishing thing about Prabhupada, is that um, Prabhupada gathered around him many, many people and many, many very strong personalities. I mean, if you see, Jamal Ramananda, Brahmananda, Kesh, Gargamuni, Guru Kripa, there's one volume of it, before the Prabhupada Lamrata was published in six volumes, so one of the volumes was titled Only he could lead them. So that referred to the hippies in the west coast of America, that only he could lead them. Only Prabhupada could lead them, because Prabhupada was such a strong leader. Of course, it may sound like we're talking about some kind of mundane psychology now, but we're not, we're talking about devotees. So apart from Prabhupada being the only person who could lead uh, the west coast hippies, because they wouldn't accept any authority, so Prabhupada was the only person who could lead those persons who became his disciples and who were later known as Tamar, Krishna, Ramananda, Harikesh, Gargamuni, Guru Kripa, Bhavananda, all these very, very powerful personalities. Very, very strong-minded individuals. You know in America that uh, ambitious spirit is there or that spirit to get ahead and lead others. So again we're not talking, we're talking about devotees but devotees, they're not exactly influenced by the culture they're brought up in but it may superficially appear to be so like that. So Prabhupada, he went to America because America is leading the world, not Britain. So, he went to America because he thought if the Americans follow, then everyone will follow. But who will the Americans follow? They're the leaders of the world. How are they going to follow a poor Indian? As Prabhupada described himself. So, Prabhupada had that spiritual potency. And he picked up so many, mostly hippies. Prabhupada saw the value. Prabhupada was like an expert gemologist, that some people, and most people, they just, if you see some uncut gems, you'll just see some some dirty stones. But an expert gemologist, he can see that if you just cut this, you'll have a very valuable diamond or whatever. So Prabhupada saw that these uh, persons, they can do a lot for Krishna. And within a short time Tamar Krishwaraj was leading the Sankirtan party. Now we could say that Tamar Raj was a very competitive and ambitious person. He was very competitive with his god brothers. They, all had, they, were very, they had this competitive American spirit to show who's the best but that was Prabhupada was expert in fully dovetailing that into see who could win the competition to please Prabhupada the best so at that time they were going out It was very early days of the moon we turned about 67, 68 so the, the devotees they would all go out daily for Harinam Sankirtan and Prabhupada started this it was already started in 1944 but he revived his Back to Godhead magazine in America, and he gave it to his disciples. But now, this is my, this is my contribution to your spirit, to my spiritual master. Now you make this the contribution to your spiritual master. I taught you about Krishna bhakti. You write about it. You publish. You distribute. So they were going out on Hainam sankirtan, but uh, they were hippies who had become devotees, and hippies there whole thing is to be very individualistic and different. But Tamal Krishna at, at that time, of course he wasn't sannyasi at that time. He was, he got the idea to organize it better. That if it's, there was management was going on, but it was it was the hippie era and it was everything kind of spontaneous, but Tamal Krishna saw that. If it's organized properly we can be so much more effective. I mean that's just a basic principle of human management that if things are organized with some planning and some intelligence, then it'll be much more effective. So he, for the first time, he organized the sankirtan party. With what's going on here, he analyzed what's going on here. All right, devotees are going out. It's a making an impression on the public. We want the public to be exposed to the holy names. We want them to appreciate that. And we want them to take the back to Godhead magazines. At that time they were going out with the back to Godhead magazines and they chanted and a devotee would stand there and if anyone wanted they then uh, they could come up and give some donation and they'd give them a ma- magazine. But to Krishna, Prabhu at that time, he uh, he got all the devotees, the men and the women, to dress in a uniform manner and to go out in lines instead of just straggled all over the place and it had them have a dance pattern simple Prabhupada showed the Swami stuff so they all looked very organized and it was very attractive and then he organized that they approach people <coughs> and get donations for the to Godhead magazines so he uh, they started distributing many many more magazines and that set the that set the standard for the whole for the whole of the rest of ISCOM, which at that point in time was a few centers in america and one in canada but it was spreading rapidly so Prabhupada immediately saw that well here's a person who can get things done so from the very beginning He was one of the top leaders of the movement in America. The first was Vamananda in New York. He joined in New York. And then uh, in the early days there were three big leaders in the movement. Vamananda, his brother Gargamuni and Tamal as they called him. Later on he came to be known among his god brothers as they'd call him they or we would call him Tamal or simply TKG. Even he entitled that book TKG's Diary. So they asked "So why don't you call it Tamal Krishna Goswami's Diary? He said, well, anyway, they'll call it TKG's Diary. So he gave the name of the book like that. That came much later. So anyway, Prabhupada saw he was a man who can get things done. Prabhupada appreciated that. Prabhupada also knew. Prabhupada was a very practical person. Prabhupada wasn't a sadhu with his head in the clouds. Sadhus are nice people. (laughs) We like gentle sadhus and people who are calm and peaceful. But actually if we want to get anything done in this world, then simply to hold a flower and smile isn't going to work. all of you are posted here in dubai most of you have some kind of executive job or something like that so you know that in the corporate world to be nice is not enough if you're nice that's you can be a nice floor sweeper that's about all but if you're in management then You have to be effective. And effective means that superficially you may not appear to be very nice. And often the people who appear to be less nice, they're more effective. I just heard something this morning from Sritar Maharaj, who you also don't know. You should also call him here. Another very senior Prabhupada Sannyasi. He said it's a basic management principle which... I just learned after forty-five years that uh, for a leader to be more to be respected is more important than being loved. So, Prabhupada loved all his devotees, but he was he was especially looking for men who can get things done, and men who can get things done who have the, the drive that I I, wa- I really want to do something for Prabhupada. So, if you want to organize things and get things done, then often you superficially you may not appear to be very nice. You may be a very heavy or strong-minded person. So Prabhupada had many he recognized such people, and he didn't say, "Oh, these are not sadhus," or rather." He brought them close to him, because he knew that strong-minded people with a with a drive to get things done he can be very helpful in pushing forward this movement Prabhupada was very ambitious not in a material sense but he wanted to please his spiritual master he wanted to spread Krishna conscience very quickly and he did it very quickly with the help of his disciples who he inspired of course you say with the help but he was fully helping them So Tamal Maharaj is one of the persons who Prabhupada picked up and picked up in the sense that he gave him so much responsibility. He practically cleaned out the San Francisco centre of all its leaders except Jayananda and sent all of them to London. And Tamal Tamal Krishna Maharaj he was... Uh, there are many, many difficulties there in London also. I mean, they're all the time difficulties. You in the early days of the movement, it was all the time so many difficulties to get this movement started. But that spirit was there that we have to sacrifice for Prabhupada and Krishna. So Tamar Krishna Maharaj, he was... Heading up the European mission In England, Germany, France And then Of course I'm jumping over a lot of history now I'm just giving a general overview So then Prabhupada Brought into India which was the most difficult field for Prabhupada's Western disciples. At that time, there were very few Indian devotees joining our movement, and, um, and very few capable Indian, I mean like educated, hardly anyone. So Prabhupada, he had a very strong desire to spread Krishna consciousness in India which you may think, well, that's strange because Krishna consciousness is already there. But uh, traditional Hinduism was there and there were so many devotees, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement was not well known or widely spread. And at that time, to a large extent, Hindus, they were rejecting their own, even more so now, rejecting their culture. And... Becoming completely westernized or doing their best to do so. Now, after many years of practice, the Indians have become more expert at becoming westernized. So, Tamar Krishnaraj was one of the first devotees who Prabhupada brought to India and naturally he engaged him in various management duties and there are many, many difficulties. The, the movement, there are many people who are very suspicious of our devotees. Our devotees who are coming from the West, they they didn't know many things like the culture and how to behave and how they're expected to behave as sadhus and so many things. So it was often difficult for them to fit in in India. Yeah. Prabhupada was personally, in the West, Prabhupada, he started the movement and then Almost practically from the beginning he gave the management of it over to his disciples in the West. He gave the ideas now you do it. And they did with Prabhupada's guidance. Because they knew how to move in their own culture. But coming to India was completely different. I mean the language, the heat, the health problems. There was no uh, bottled water in those days and there was a in many places, there wasn't water of any kind at any time, and uh, in many places in the hot season, water. Even now, you'll find in Gujarat, Rajasthan, water may come for one hour every three days if you're lucky, like that. So the devotees had so many health problems, so many different things. Prabhupada was pushing many ambitious projects. Um, At this time, Prabhupada started to give sannyas to a few different devotees. And Tamal Krishna, he he also got married, he was married. So he also started thinking of taking sannyas and Prabhupada gave him sannyas. His wife wasn't very happy, she was young. He was young, but Prabhupada gave it anyway because Prabhupada saw that we need some sannyasis to push forward this movement. So his wife accepted that and she's lived all these years uh, as a devotee. So was given sannyas and then Prabhupada, he sent him out to preach. Because the, the, Prabhupada's idea at that time was that sannyasis shouldn't be involved in the management of his school. Let them just travel and preach. But then after some time Prabhupada saw that actually we need sannyasis in the management also. Because householders, Many of them were very competent, but then also they have their family involvement and they have to think how to get money and so many things. So they, to fully, the management of such a big spiritual organization, it also requires people who have the time and the energy and the dedication and all these things. So then Prabhupada, he was pushing forward this mission in India, even though he brought many devotees from the West. Most of them didn't stay, they went back. And very few of them had the vision that Prabhupada had. Nowadays we see so many of you nice devotees from India. But in those days, hardly anyone was coming forward to join. And the Western devotees couldn't understand why is Prabhupada putting so much energy. He was spending most of his time in India when the Indian people themselves, although they welcomed Prabhupada, no one was taking it seriously. They praised Prabhupada, but then there's so many hodgepodge ideas they had. People were not coming forward. So it was very difficult for the Western devotees to understand why Prabhupada was putting so much energy into this and pushing this, where no one seemed to be really that much interested. And many devotees, they didn't stay, but some devotees stayed on in India because they... uh, Largely because Prabhupada either pushed them, or push them means, yeah, he pushed them, he, he put pressure on them. You should stay, I'm telling you to stay. You should do what I say, I'm your guru. Or because they felt that, yes, we have to do, we have to please Prabhupada. So Prabhupada, um, he was practically acting as the GBC, and he was overseeing the whole development of Iskon in India by himself He had ambitious projects in Mayapur, in Bombay, in Vrindavan, and preaching in various places, getting books imparted in those days, and running books translated, and so many things. Prabhupada had so many big plans, and they weren't just ideas. He wanted to put them into action right away. So, uh, Tamal Krishna was one of those devotees who was... Well, he was managing with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada was managing, and Prabhupada gave to Krishna so many responsibilities, and then he took sannyas, and then all the responsibilities came back on Prabhupada. So then again, Prabhupada, he, he wanted in the beginning that his sannyasis would be completely free from management, but then again he gave to Tamal Krishna, you, to, you took sannyas, but anyway I'm giving you management responsibilities. Because it's necessary. You can't preach properly unless things are well organized. There has to be some efficiency, discipline, organization. So then Prabhupada gave him these management duties, but it was... There are many, many austerities that he had to undergo. I mean, it's difficult to understand how... It's difficult to understand how difficult it was. I had some idea of that from preaching in Bangladesh but uh, there were so many uh, physical difficulties mental difficulties and uh, on top of all that there was the difficulty of not having the the spiritual bliss of preaching as it was in the West because in the West devotees were going out and they were openly preaching and people were, were taking it up and becoming convinced but in India at that time like I was saying there are very few people It's a different atmosphere now. In those days, I first came to India in 76 and I came for staying and preaching in 77. So that was a little later than the time I'm talking about now. But in those days still, mostly everyone we spoke to said, you don't have to tell me, I'm a Hindu, I know everything about Krishna. So it's very difficult to preach to people who think they already know everything. Well, they didn't know the problem was that they thought they knew, but they didn't. They had so many hodgepodge mixed up ideas. And they thought, you know, why should I listen to a Westerner? Tell me. I'm a Hindu. I have to, I know about Krishna. So the, the lack of that uh, genuine interest to hear about Krishna and to communicate Krishna consciousness, was also very difficult for devotees to undergo day after day and week after week. So, uh, Tamal Krishna Maharaj was hearing about the devotees in the West and how they were distributing books and how the Prabhupada was pleased with that. And of course, he had so much personal association with Prabhupada because Prabhupada would intimately discuss with him about all the different matters. But there was a lot of discussion about accounts and legal with Prabhupada and legal matters and technical details of construction, how to get permission to release cement because it was all under government quota and there was only limited quantities and how, to, you, know, you know, you want to build a building you have to have cement. One time Prabhupada arrived in Palama, at that time it was called Palama airport. They were driving out to Vrindavan. The devotees were waiting for Prabhupada to say something about Krishna. After some time, Prabhupada said something. Cement.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Prabhupada was thinking of cement. Are we getting enough cement to build our temple? Prabhupada is very practical. So there's all the time. I mean, managing in India in those days meant talking of talking about cement and quotas and legal matters and then then, uh, then the devotees themselves just managing all the uh, all the different difficulties that all they were having among themselves. And so, after some time, Tamal Krishna Maharaj was thinking that, you know, I really need to go to the West and get fully into the fire of dynamic preaching. And actually at this time so we've heard he had a very strong exchange with Prabhupada. Tamal Krishna was one of maybe two people and maybe more than the other one who was Hari Kesh, who actually he'd argue with Prabhupada and very strongly actually. And other devotees they couldn't relate to it at all. Prabhupada would take his advice because he considered him a very competent manager. And he would he would argue with Tamalkha. I mean Prabhupada would say things and Krishna would disagree, and Prabhupada would say, No, it's like this he'd disagree and sometimes so I'm told I was never witness to it, it would be very strong exchange. But that way you also have to understand that Prabhupada gave him, I mean Prabhupada didn't reject him for that, Prabhupada allowed him to do that. In one sense you could say he shouldn't do that, but on the other hand, Prabhupada accepted him as an intimate advisor, that's why I'm saying there's there's a unique person in our movement, there's some reason for that. So that's uh, that's a very unique, that's a very intimate, exchange if you can I mean, if you can argue with your spiritual master, it's not recommended, don't do it
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course Prabhupada was always the guru so then uh, the, the point was that Tamal Krishna Maharaji you know, I, have, I have to leave India now and finally Prabhupada he had to accept And Prabhupada said that, well, you can give up this management, but I can't. I have to go on with it. So then Tamar Krishmaraj went back to America and he teamed up with his old friend Vishnu Jan, who had been his friend in hippie days and they joined practically together. And then Vishnu Jan Swami was traveling in America with an old bus, which he'd made into a temple. And he was traveling around and doing festival programs. They'd go to college campuses. They'd chant and they'd distribute prasad. Krishna Raj Krishnaraj came along, and he's he was a very organized person, very intelligent, extremely intelligent person. So he saw that this is very nice preaching, but actually there could be so much more. Done for people are attracted. They like it. But then the bus goes away. So Tamar Krishna Raj saw that when the bus goes away to another place, it should go away with more men in it than when it came. Because people are being attracted to this kirtan. They like it. So why don't we take people with us? So his, he took up the service of when they were doing the kirtan, Vishnu Jan would do the kirtan, Tamal Khashoggi would look and see who's, listen, who's listening very nicely, who's very interested. And afterwards, he'd go up and speak to them and preach to them. He's a very expert and empowered preacher that he could make people within, he'd speak to them for maybe half an hour, one hour, two hours, and then he'd have people ready just to, to drop whatever they were doing and come on the bus and in this way he made maybe hundreds of devotees he was such a powerful preacher and not only did he stick them on the bus but he, was, he trained them Prabhupada trained him very closely Prabhupada was a very although I am saying to him sometimes argue with him but Prabhupada, was, Prabhupada dealt with different people in different ways According to their nature and according to the ability of of what they could take also. Recently one of my godbrothers who had a lot of association with Prabhupada said that he said that Prabhupada was very very kind to women and children. He He was generally very very soft and loving and gentle with them. And he was always encouraging them. But Prabhupada was, uh, on the whole, I I wouldn't say he was very soft and gentle with Tamal Krishna Maharaj. He was very heavy with him, because he knew that that's what he needed and that's what he could take. Not everyone can take it. And he trained him very. Th- he trained him in all aspects of Krishna Conscious philosophy, culture. All that time he spent in India, and then in, in management matters and what it means to be a disciple. He trained him very, very thoroughly. And then Tamal Krishna went to America. He made, he made devotees and he trained them. And he knew that Prabhupada, he was, very much wanted this book distribution. So from that original traveling program, doing colleges with one bus, eventually Tamal Krishna Maharaj made several buses. And they were filled up with men fully enthusiastic to distribute Prabhupada's books and he created the le- still today I mean those who are among Prabhupada's disciples the legendary Radha Damada traveling party, which with, had buses it was crisscrossing America and distributing in those days actually they were distributing literally hundreds of thousands of magazines and books literally Back to Godhead magazine. Some months they printed one million copies. Every month. Not all distributed by Radha, Damodar, but they would take more than half. And the rest of the world, the rest. (laughs) (laughs) You can imagine, very, very, very 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 powerful book distribution. There was a lot of competition. This Prabhupada... He, this competitive spirit that the Americans have, he used, he, he, he made the devotees play off against one another. So there's great competition that the Radha Damodar party, and then there's the Los Angeles temple and other temples. There's one morning walk in which, in America, in which the devotees said that, uh, they said that, oh, Jayatirtha, he was the GBC in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, they, they this month they out distributed the radha damodar temple. that was unusual so prabhupada said don't say that too loud too loud Tomorrow krishna will have a heart attack <laughs> in this way he was he was pushing them and who can pray? Further, further, because actually prabhupada he very strongly pushed this point that he wasn't shy about it. He pushed this point that advancement in Krishna consciousness depends on pleasing your spiritual master. And Prabhupada made it very clear that he wanted his books distributed and he went to so much effort to make these books. And Prabhupada said that by these books, the world will change. You have to distribute these books. This is my service to my spiritual master. And he said that although all services are important, in one sense book distribution is more important. And Prabhupada, that was his very. He said, This gives me life. I'm an old man. Prabhupada used to say, Where am I getting life from when I hear the Sankirtan score? Sankyotan, book distribution, call that Sankirtan. Sankirtan means chanting. But Prabhupada would say, This is the Brihat Mirdanga. My Guru Maharaj called this the Brihat Mirdanga. Bigger That this can be the sound of the madanga that can be heard but this Brihat madanga that will be heard that will go more widely and more deeply so we have to print these books and distribute these books so Tamal Krishna Maharaj took up this all right Prabhupada wants books distributed let's see what we can do others are distributing books let me see what I can do to please Prabhupada and here's his idea was that I'm not, I don't want to be number two. That was always his idea. I don't want to be two. Or three. I should be number one. I started this whole book distribution thing. Of course, Prabhupada, but he did. So, he very much wanted to be number one to, to, for Prabhupada's pleasure to see that how I'm pleasing and, and by that, then others, they, they also had to come up. So, no, Apart from the party that he organized, he uh, also inspired others to distribute so many books. Of course, sometimes the competition got a little rough also. And there were matters of stealing men from temples. And uh, They'd go through one area and it's, they'd see some good brahmachari book distributed in the temple and they'd say, Hey, why are you staying in the temple with all these grihastas? You should join the Sankitan, Brahmacharis and Sannyasis, then you'll, then you'll be... All these grihastas they're all in Maya, you should come out, just live with Sankitan, Brahmacharis. So, it got a little intense, to say the least, and uh, the complaints. Now, actually, before this, what happened then, Prabhupada, when he came to America, and he still wanted Tamar to come to come back to uh, India. So he came and said that he said that now you see I, now I came to America but immediately when he saw Tamar Krishna Raj he started talking about India you see in Bombay, this is the condition, the municipality is still not giving us permission and in other words he was started to speak like all the things about India which Tamar Krishna Raj had left. So in other in other words he was saying that you know, okay, you came to America now, I came here, I'm going back, you can come back with me also. Tamar said, well, actually Prabhupada, I'm preaching here. Prabhupada said, what preaching here? What are the results? Show me the results. So he had it all ready. He knew Prabhupada very well. So he had it all ready. So Prabhupada was sitting in his room and Prabhupada brought one after another. He said, this is... Bhakti, he call one devotee, all new devotees that he'd made. He called, they'd come in, bow down, offer obeisances to come. He said, this is Bhakta so-and-so. He's your disciple. He joined on our bus party. He's just building so many books every day. And this went on. He brought one, two, three, four, about 20 new devotees. Prabhupada, in the beginning, Prabhupada was very angry. You see, you don't want to follow what I'm saying, you're just doing your own programme. What is your preaching? What is your results? So I said probably here are the results and Prabhupada. One king. Another one. Huh? Another one. And by the time Power He bought in about eighteen or twenty, Prabhupada All right, you can stay <laughs> like this. He was pleased that you're doing something very substantial. Making devotees and and having them out. Distributing the books. So Prabhupada agreed. Alright, this is the proper preaching field for you. So, there was... Uh, it came up in 1976 that the radha Damodar party, the transcendental competition, had got to an extremely intense point. Where the, the temple presidents, they were mostly Krihastas, and they were disturbed by Tamal Krishna Maharaj's not only by the fact that he was distributing more books than them but by the fact that they would take away his their, their, their men and uh, they were saying all the Grihasthas are in Maya and it, was, it was like uh, enthusiastic preaching that renunciates can appreciate but Grihasthas they can never appreciate these things even though it may be true Don't mind me, sir. I'm also like that. So, then it came up to the GBC. And they passed, there was a big controversy, actually, in the GBC meetings. And then, under Tamar Raj's influence, we have to understand, he's a very, very powerful personality. So, they made uh, different resolutions that were actually very restrictive of the Grihasthas in ISKON. And so, um, the GBC resolutions, they had to come to Prabhupada for final approval. And Prabhupada would usually accept what the GBC would say and modify it, but this time, actually, he, re, he rejected, he vetoed several of the resolutions. In other words, he's... It would appear that he sided with the Grihasthas, but Prabhupada's point was that you can't reject anyone or say that anyone's better because of their ashram. Everyone is serving Krishna in different conditions. So at that point, there was another heavy exchange between Prabhupada and Tamal Krishna Maharaj, in which Prabhupada was saying, you you can't do this, you can't preach like this to the Grihasthas, you can't steal, they're making devotees, you can't steal them away. Now, of course, you have to understand these, please don't misunderstand, these are all the dealings. <coughs> Again, as I was saying that when when a disciple is very intimate with his spiritual master, then certain dealings may, may, may take place which wouldn't take place between the spiritual master and others who are not so intimate. So anyway, Prabhupada was saying that, that you can't do this, you can't do that, and and Tamal Krishna Rogers you know, Prabhupada, I might as well just go to China. In those days, China was the number one enemy of America. It was a heavy communist country. There's, might as well go to China. And Prabhupada said, yes!
1: <laughs>
0: you should go to China. And Prabhupada is completely serious about it. He said, Krishna has... Krishna has inspired you to say this. He was saying it sarcastically. <laughs> but he said, Yes, you should go to China. And Prabhupada is very serious about it. You should go he said, What if Shama Krishna said, Well what about all my buses? And what about all my men? The whole Radha Damodar Party had built up. I think at that time they had fourteen buses and hundreds of men. He did, had attracted many of the top leading devotees in ISKCON." to come and join him and work with him. Prabhupada said, You don't have any buses, you don't have any men. They're all my buses and my men. <laughs> 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 so then he sent him to China. And then, then Tamarkashraj came back and said, Well look you know you sent me to China, but I can't go to China. There's no no one no one can go to China. No Americans can go to China. No one goes to China. It's closed up completely. Prabhupada said, You somehow or other you arrange for my books to go there. And even if no one even if you can't go the books they will do the job. So that was his mission. That was the order from the spiritual master. He had to take it. And it seemed like he was Prabhupada was exiling him. But actually he was giving him the service to preach to the largest population on earth and a very difficult job also because preaching in such a communist country and people with absolutely trained in atheism and far away from Vedic culture of course many things in Chinese culture that it's it's related to Indian culture but really just like one time in America in in the early days when someone asked Prabhupada what do you think of Chinese culture and Prabhupada simply replied by making making some grimace, that's all. He didn't nothing to say. I mean what what is the culture where people eat cockroaches and monkeys' brains and that's their pride. Dogs and so many things. So eventually, by the grace of Krishna, China did open up and there was Hong Kong and even devotees had been preaching in Hong Kong previous to that, but it's very, very tough. I mean, the Chinese never showed any interest. Gradually they did. He took up the order and gradually they found the way to make devotees in Hong Kong, which was by doing yoga for health because they're completely materialistic people. So something for the body. So eventually they brought them in and then he gave them Chinese style vegetarian food as prasadam because... They don't like Indian style food. So eventually they found the ways and means to preach. It was very difficult and slow. And then eventually China opened up slightly and they were able to go in underground and do some preaching and they made some devotees. And then, because China is a very authoritarian government. So Tamal and he said, Oh. After some time he explained that, yes, now I know why Prabhupada sent me to China because these people, they know the meaning of discipline because he himself was a very strong disciplinarian. So, they know the meaning of discipline. So, he took up that mission of preaching in China, slow, difficult work. But towards the end of uh, Prabhupada's time on this planet, Tamar had a very strong conviction that when Prabhupada was actually starting from the Mayapur festival in 1977, Prabhupada became very sick. And Tamar Raj thought that there's, I have no more important duty at this time than to simply be with Prabhupada. So, Tamar Krishwaj was with Prabhupada, serving him uh, in the last months. He was, he was with Prabhupada practically day and night. And administering to his every need, Tamar Krishwaj brought him to England when Prabhupada couldn't, couldn't stand up, couldn't walk. Prabhupada said I want to go to the west I want to make one more visit to the west so they put him in the they laid him in the back of an ambassador car drove him to the airport and then they had three seats for him in the plane so he lay down and he was Prabhupada was I mean no one travels in that condition but Tamar Krishmaraj took him to England at that time there was talk of him going on Prabhupada going on to America but he didn't he came back And uh, that was very... i just come the other way, actually. i just come from England to India. So, and then shortly after that, Prabhupada went from India to England. So, that was a very, very special time when Prabhupada was his last visit to the West. He'd hardly eaten anything in many months. And you were, devotees were used to seeing a very strong and battling Prabhupada. Prabhupada, the, the leader of the army, all these big strong soldiers, Prabhupada had them under his control. But this time in England, Prabhupada was very. Prabhupada was just. just showing his ecstasy of. of that the, his ecstasy of seeing devotees from all over the world take the <coughs> Krishna consciousness. So Prabhupada was just all the time crying in ecstasy. And devotees, they were jumping in ecstasy. Prabhupada could hardly move. but when the kirtans were going on, Prabhupada, he would just go like this with his fingers. And that was in, just, uh, just like this. And that was an indication to the Lord, that they should all start jumping. And they'd all start jumping wildly just on Prabhupada's going like this. <laughs> so Tamal Krishna Maharaj brought Prabhupada to England. And on his Vyasa Puja day, that was in 1977, Tamal Krishna Maharaj, he narrated all of Prabhupada's life story especially since he started preaching. Tam- Krishna Raja had been with Prabhupada all the time. Prabhupada, well, he was just sitting there and from time to time Prabhupada would say a, a few words and interject something. Pra- Krishna Raja turned out all the difficulties that Prabhupada went through to get the property in Juhu. So many difficulties they went through. And he was selling so many things and then Prabhupada just said something, that dog. So then Tamakishvara wasn't sure what he was talking about. That dog. He thought maybe he was talking about Mr. Naya, who was the person who was giving, he he sold the land to Prabhupada, but then he tried to cheat him and keep the land. Or whether they were talking about the municipal commissioner, who was Prabhupada talking about. But actually, Prabhupada was talking because he was obliged to go around in in one car at that time because there was no other transport where one man would keep the dog in the back of the car. And for Prabhupada, it's such a horrible thing that he had to go in a car with a dog because Krishna was talking about all the difficulties that they went through. And Prabhupada said, don't forget that one other thing, that dog. I had to sit in the car with the dog. Which you know nowadays people they take their dogs not in Dubai at least there's something good about Islam.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, nowadays in India very people are very proud of their dogs and they take them in their cars with them. They're proud was thinking this was you know, so many austerities I went through for Krishna. Don't forget to tell that <laughs> that he had to sit with the dog. So tomorrow Krishna brought him back to India to Vrindavan. And and Prabhupada passed away. And uh, devotees who were there, they were surprised at how stoic Tamar Krishna Maharaj appeared. Stoic, do you know what this means? In in this context it would mean um, calm and self-control where while other devotees were just crying and they couldn't do anything, but he, Mahal krishna Maharaj immediately arranged for the, the, for the samadhi ceremony because he thought, I have to... While others were, they, they just couldn't do anything. He immediately arranged so many things. Call everybody, invite, we have to arrange the, we have to dig the samadhi, we have to call the, the devotees who can perform the ceremony and devotees were surprised at how he appears to be so calm. But then he was saying, I have to go on with My service to Prabhupada didn't stop. In this condition, I have to perform my service also. So after Prabhupada passed away, then Tamal Raj became one of the first devotees, eleven, who were initiating in our movement and after Prabhupada passed away there were many controversies in our movement and many major disagreements and Tamal Krishna was in the heart of all of them as far as I can remember he was a very controversial figure and he was a very pushy person and he pushed many devotees to serve Krishna and some they didn't appreciate that so many people, many devotees actually came to dislike Tamar Krishna Maharaj and to criticize him in various ways and yeah, um, historically speaking, we could say he made some uh, mistakes, some serious mistakes. We could say that. But then, uh, well, anyone who's going to take the lead, they're going to make decisions, and sometimes they're not going to all work out. So these things can't be denied, also. Veda Maharaj in Mayapur The day after Tamal Krishna Maharaj Passed away He gave his Eulogy or remembrance of Tamal Krishna Maharaj in one line I didn't get a chance to speak at all So you can imagine There were so many And several of the Devotees there I mean they were very frank that Tamal Krishna Maharaj Was a very controversial figure He almost seemed to like To be in the heart of controversy so they were. Even the first of his disciples to speak said that said that he he pushed me so so hard that at one point I ran away and I couldn't come in front of him even for for, for several years I couldn't come in front of him because I, he was so strong on me. But then I realized what am I doing? I'm a fool. I'm 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 not coming before my spiritual master. So, they, so many of his disciples spoke with so much love for him but Jayad Veda Maharaj I, I'll try and remember it as best I can he said that never was a devotee admired respected and loved so much by so many devotees who at the same time totally disagreed with him <laughs> <laughs> so that's a fact he was a perfectionist. Ravindra Saruprabhu, he was, remember, saying that. Perfectionist. He wanted everything perfect. That if we're going to serve Krishna, we should do everything very properly. So he said that a perfectionist, <coughs> they often drive people crazy. And so it was, it, was, it was difficult. For many people it was very, very difficult to be, to be with him because... He'll be insisting that everything should be just exact. But then if you see his disciples, if, if we see someone and they say, Oh, I'm a disciple of Tamal Krishna Maharaj, then generally we will expect that they are very well trained. Because he took the he was very difficult in the sense that he didn't allow them to be substandard. He was very demanding. Even one of his disciples, he was, ex- he was explaining how my spiritual master used to chastise me so much. I was surprised because this particular disciple, I know he was, uh, he was very, very pure. I mean, I consider him practically a, a pure devotee since, I mean, since the beginning. But to Krishna, would chastise him very much also because he wanted to see that all his disciples come up to very highest standard of Krishna consciousness. Sometimes it's very difficult for them and he was in many ways in in many ways a difficult person to be with but as many disciples said that Tamar Krishnamaraj was like a like a very well prepared chutney that it's so it's so hot there's so much chilies that you know it burns so much you can't you can't tolerate it at the same time it's so sweet that you have to go (laughs) and you have to go and eating it so, and we saw also, I mean, I saw in that day in my poor health. I mean, actually, although, uh, you know, many devotees, they were, I mean, I'll be quite frank. I mean, I was, I kept a respectful distance. I was, you know, I I, I was, you know, Tamal's a heavy person. <laughs> so, but uh, so many so many devotees they, they they loved him so much and even though as to Jade Vadaaj and others also said that even devoted even they disagreed with him to the point of of in some cases practically disliking but then when someone passes away when a devotee passes away then you know whatever, Disagreements or about service may have been there. That it becomes in in the context of time, it becomes it be insignificant. And then you see what service he has done for Prabhupada. I mean, I mean, most of us we won't be able to do that kind of service because we're just not that kind of person. We just we just don't have that kind of power to do. He's such a powerful person. He did so many amazing. I mean. So personally serving Prabhupada, starting the Sankhitan in the first place and then starting the big, big Sankhitan, getting the land in Mayapur, helping Prabhupada in those very difficult days in India. And Prabhupada trusted him very intimately. and He gave him so many services. The China mission. Who else could have gone to China? So the services he did just... It's, it's inconceivable What he's done to serve Prabhupada Prabhupada's mission So he, he trained up many Disciples Who will go on Serving his mission We're all connected with him It's a big transcendental family I myself I didn't realize because you know I, I hardly saw Tamal Krishna Maharaj um, I never served in the same area as him I mean he was in India, based in India for a short time in Bombay uh, for a few months when I was serving out of Bombay but I I was actually I was traveling in South India I used to come and get books and I did some work with the BBT but I was hardly, I didn't see him much hardly at all <coughs> So, uh, once he came to me in a dream. It was a long time ago. And he said, you should come and serve with me. Because he was like that. He used to try and, he used to take men. You should come and serve with me. And in the dream I said, I can't, I have responsibility in Bangladesh. I was serving in Bangladesh at that time. So I had some duties there. So... Um, I didn't see him much I and mean, he was in America and China and I was in India. Uh, and even when I was even for many years I was based in Bangladesh and Thailand and all these places, I hardly saw any of my godbrothers. Not to speak of the more senior ones. Because we were we were cut off practically. There was no email in those days. phones I mean they had phone sets but they hardly worked. We couldn't afford to use them for international calls anyway. So uh, we were cut off. So I I didn't have that much association with him. I I I didn't realize how much he personally meant to me until he left, because he was so much, so much in the center of our movement. Even in the last few years, he'd been a little withdrawn. He was doing uh, withdrawn in the sense he wasn't leading up the management. He was doing uh, some academic work. But uh, even though he was taking a quiet role, he was he was always prominent in our movement. I mean, like I say, he was in a category of his own. There were others who were. I mean, maybe him, uh, Bhagawan also was another big big man. Harikesh. But many of those big leaders, they were big, 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 and then they just exploded and we didn't see them again but uh, even though he went through many rough times and like I say our movement we're fighting against Mayan in a fight it's not always smooth there are a lot of battles and explosions and wrong turns and right turns so in all of this he was a controversial figure but he, he always he, throughout all he he kept this very s- strong desire to serve Prabhupada's mission and Prabhupada's movement so it was a it was, i mean a, it was a shock we just don't expect it i mean
1: sometimes
0: i mean when someone's old and their health is poor and they pass away you expect it but and even though on the Indian roads there are, you know, maybe dozens of deaths every day, but you don't expect a Vaishnava and an Acharya to pass away like that. It's very un, it's unusual. But anyway, Krishna has his plan and we can't control Krishna. He's the supreme controller. He has his way of doing things, which sometimes is very difficult to understand. Actually, on that day, I, I didn't know anything about it. Actually, um, what was going on um, after I would ju- I would leave the temple room just after the tulsi, even while the tulsiarti, while the, while the kirtan for that was going on, because Mayapur festival it's very intense and it's great if you can get your rounds chanted before seven o'clock because it's very difficult to do so because there are so many devotees from all over the world. And, you know, if everyone you've ever met, I mean, as a sannyasi who's traveling around, if everyone you met comes and at least just says, Hi Krishna, how are you? If it only takes one minute, and usually it takes more, then your whole morning's gone, and you're never going to chant any rounds. Because you don't see devotees for so much time. So so I, I would usually go out after the Tulsi yati, and i just go and hide away somewhere and chant my rounds.
1: <laughs>
0: because otherwise, it's very difficult to chant your rounds otherwise. So then uh, I was chanting my rounds on the veranda of the long building there in Mayapur. And then I saw um, Jayapitaka Maharaj and Shivaram Maharaj. Is there a devotee called Shivaram here? He's not here now.
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm? Gopal Kishore just telling me he has a disciple. So anyway, I saw them getting in a Tatasuma with uh, another devotee's piling in. So I thought that they must be going for a japa walk. So I thought, shall I join them? And I thought, no, I, I chanted most of my rounds actually before Mongolati. That's another way to get your rounds chanted in Mangalati, in Mayapur. Get up early and chant them before everyone else gets up. So I thought, no, I'll, I will only have a couple of rounds more to chant. I'll stay behind and do some reading. And then one of my disciples came and said that, well, actually, Javta Maharaj and Shiva Maharaj went off. There's been some accident. And Tamar Krishna has been in a car accident. So I said, well, what's the condition? I said, well, he's a unconscious. But they're going to move him in, in Ranagat, which is a town. It's, not, it's, 30 kilo- it's about, from Mayapur, um, 45 or 50 kilometers. So it's not so far. So I said, they're going to move him. He told me they're going to move him to a hospital in Calcutta. They said, "Do you want to go?" Some of the sannyasis are going, and I thought, "Well, no. If he's unconscious and he's going to Calcutta, then anyway, he's going to be all right." And so I thought, "No, I'll stay here for the for the rest of the festival." So then I came back to the temple room at at uh, just before seven o'clock from the Shringa Devsarti, and then I I saw uh, Sridhar Maharaj and. Uh, so he was the first sannyasi. So, 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 so I said, "Well, what's the news about Paramahansa?" He said, "Well, the news is coming that he's passed away," which uh, I wasn't ready for at all. I so, said,
1: so, so, oh, "How is that possible?
0: Who said that?" He said, "Well, the, the devotees said that. Uh, you know, Jayantakumaraj had phoned and said, and Gopal Krishnaraj had phoned and said." So I immediately ran up the stairs to. Um, to the office where, what, where the general manager sits. Uh, so I, I, I went in there and a few other devotees went in there. I said, I'm, I, I I'm going to check this out. I'm going to make sure. So I spoke with him in Bengali and he said, what happened? And He said, yeah, we got... He said, first of all, they phoned and said it was very serious condition and then then Bhattach uh, phoned and it seems that he's, he's gone away. So I came down and I told him, I told the Sridhar Maharaj, and, to Haraj and uh, he said, Well, we, and we have to announce this to the devotees. Who's going to do that? Who's who, who's going to dare to announce that? Uh, I, I said, I think you should do, Sridhar Maharaj. So I said, Okay. And he said, well, we, shall, we have to announce in other languages also, because it's Mayapur Festival. The devotees, who many devotees who don't understand English. So I said, uh, okay, I can do in Bengali and Hindi. And there's one of my disciples there from Russia who knows good English. I said, he can do in Russian. Those are the main languages. So then we said, well, we'll announce... Um, after the, after the deity greeting and before Guru Puja, so then we had Nushingadeva's... Actually this was Nushingadeva's aati was going on and Panchatatvarati was going on and then it was just... So we just decided this among us, it was just two of us we decided. And... Uh, but then the deity greeting for Radha Madhava was getting delayed. So then Sridhar Maharaj said, well, shall we announce now? I said, yeah, let's announce now. So then we went to the mic and then Sridhar Maharaj announced that there's some very bad news. There's a car accident this morning and Tamar Krishna has gone to Krishna. And then immediately uh, from among the women there was a wailing and then where there was one voice it sounded like a Bengali male voice Haribo at the same time and then I was supposed to announce in Bengali but Shubhag was standing there in Bengali so he announced in Bengali then we saw a Hindi then senior devotee Hindi native Hindi speaker so he spoke so I didn't announce and then uh and we had to decide, you know, what do we immediately, because we're not prepared for this in any way. So we had to decide what to do. And actually, we decided that before the announcement. And then, 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 we, then before we announced, and Shri Maharaj announced that there'll be no Bhagavatam class this morning, just chanting Hare Krishna. That's all. We'll just sit and we'll chant Hare Krishna. So then. Uh, And we went home, we had Guru Puja for Prabhupada, and a, a picture of Tamal Krishnaraj. was somehow brought very small pictures, brought very quickly and put and Prabhupada's Vyasa's son. So all the devotees, they offered flowers to Tamar Krishnaraj and to Prabhupada and the Guru Puja. And uh, one of Tamar Krishnaraj's oldest disciples was there. He offered the Guru Puja to Prabhupada and to his Guru Maharaj. <laughs> And like I said, we weren't, we, you know, we, we didn't expect this, so we didn't know what to do. So, I mean, we had to, we, we had to think what to do step by step. So, um and we started having kirtan, and Prabhupada Maharaj led kirtan for about one and a half or two hours. And actually, the tempo picked up, and after, the devotees were just completely shocked. But then. He started dancing and chanting enthusiastically. I I just sat down actually. I sat on just in front of Rudrāmāda's altar. There's a big plinth, so I sat down. I, I couldn't I couldn't get into dancing. I was sitting and chanting. And then after some time, I thought, well, there are so many things, you know. And then then uh, then again, I saw Śrīdāmāda and said, look, we got to we have to phone and tell the different temples in the world, and then. <coughs> And then there's... Uh, and then what about Tamar Krishna Maharaj's close friends? Yeah, yeah. And, and then so many things have to be done. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking that actually the Samadhi ceremony couldn't take place for several days because this happened on a Friday. And you have... There are so many formalities. Especially for a foreigner. You have to get permission from the American embassy. You have to give clearance. At least that's what I understood. From the relatives, because legally the body belongs to his closest relatives. Legally, the body doesn't belong to the <coughs> devotees. So I was thinking that it's Friday, and uh, this all isn't going to get done till at least Monday. So I was thinking it's all going to take some time. So, so the kirtan was going on. So I thought. We hadn't eaten anything and I hadn't drunk anything hardly. I, I just didn't feel. So and anyway, I, the, the devotees asked me, then, are you going to take prasad in Monday?" day? So I said, okay, I'll take prasad. Just just make something very simple, no spices, nothing. Because we have to eat something because we have to go on until probably Monday or Tuesday, so we can't fast all that time. Then I just sat down. to I was just about to take Prasad when I, then when I heard some siren and I heard, well, what's that? Then they said, well, they usually use that when they want to call all the GPCs together. So I said, find out what there is And then they said, the body is coming. So I, I'm surprised I got up. I didn't take Prasad and then, actually, it was about another, almost an hour that we were all waiting at the gate and performing kirtan. In the meantime, they selected a site for the samadhi and. The digging was going on next to Prabhupada's um, samadhi, so we all performing kirtan, <coughs> and then uh, eventually the the vehicle came, and uh, all the devotees offered their obeisances there and drove up to the drove up very slowly to the building and tomorrow Krish Maharaj's body was brought in for preparing for the samadhi and then I all the time in my mind and I'm sure in everyone else's mind there that we were all thinking that maybe it's just not true because it's very difficult you are thinking somehow it's somehow, some, it's just some mistake somehow it's all wrong it's not true you just can't imagine. But then I... I yeah, yeah Maharaj's body was laid down inside a room, just the sannyasis and some of his compasses. I took the opportunity to touch my head to his feet and beg forgiveness for all offenses. I was looking and, I, and then I realized, I realized that yes, actually it's true. Tamar Krishna Raj has he's passed away. His his face, if you if you ever saw Krishna Raj, you'd see he was very very strong looking, very firm and determined. And his face was still like that. But at the same time it was very, very peaceful. I'd never seen him looking so peaceful. You never had peace. Hmm. Usually people think sadhus have peace. Sadhus, they don't have peace. Especially there's... I mean, real sadhus, those who are trying to do something for Krishna, they won't get any peace because they have so many services to do and so many anxieties in how to perform Krishna's service. But he looked very, very firm and strong and determined and very, very peaceful. I'd never seen him look so peaceful. So then the... uh, I mean, you you just can't imagine the atmosphere that everyone... uh, There are many of his disciples there, actually. Because he'd come to Mayapur for the first time in six years. He spent a long time there. for For several... i just come to Mayapur at that time. But for several... I think for about two weeks before that he was holding ecstatic kirtans in his room every evening. Sitting. And then they had to go to Bhakti Charmaraj room which was bigger. And then they ended up in the temple room because so many devotees were coming. They're having very, very ecstatic kirtans, very meditative kirtans. So his last days were spent in the Dham surrounded by many disciples and many friends, many of his godbrothers were very close friends relishing the nectar of chanting Hare Krishna. Then Krishna took him away. The devotees who were there in the hospital, they described how when they took his body to Mayapur, Now actually what happened was they phoned to Dallas temple and they wanted to know what he, what were his instructions what if he'd left any what should he do with his body so he said that actually he wanted he'd made a will and said that I want my samadhi to be in Govardhan because he had established an ashram in Govardhan but he said if by any chance I pass away in Mayapur or or close to Mayapur then I want to have my samadhi in Mayapur so he was actually just within the he was just within the border of the dham at the place where Haidash Thakur used to chant. He was just at that place. So when uh, when it came the time to leave the hospital the local people wouldn't let them go. Jabhatala Maharaj explained that about two or three hundred people surrounded him said we want to have darshan we've waited all this time we we'll want to have darshan and they showed his feet and they said we want to show his, see his face so they show, only then they let him go and the news had traveled up to Shantipur which is the nearest town north of there and the streets were lined with people and in Bengal the ladies when there's anything auspicious they'll do so they were doing because they know that sadhu in either when he's living or a, not actually dead but even when he passes away his body is always auspicious you showed me that photo remember you showed me those photos so some of his closest friends his, his Kesha Bharati Prabhu his, who Niranjan Maharaj is telling to me that he, Tamar Krishna Maharaj trusted Kesha Bharati Prabhu like he trusted no one. He was his very closest friend in this world. So Kesha Bharati Prabhu was saying that. Actually it's Krishna's arrangement that he'll go on preaching. Because if his Samadhi was in Govardhan that ashram, it's a very remote place actually and not many people go there. But in Mayapur so many people come. And they come to pra- thousands. I mean every day minimum hundreds of people come and at weekends thousands and so many devotees come from all over the world and they go to Prabhupada's Samadhi Mandir so they'll also be going to to Samadhi Mandir and that way they'll, he'll go on blessing them so that was Krishna's arrangement that he would go on blessing them even after he's passed away from this world and uh, I also wrote in that it's very difficult to understand why Krishna had taken him away while his service was unfinished. Aukesha Bharati Prabhu wrote to me and said that, well, as far as his academic service was concerned, that his the professor had his PhD thesis, which was on the contributions of Srila Prabhupada. He wanted to get a PhD because he wanted to preach among the academic, among the big scholars. Or they really need preaching. To. They're really causing a lot of damage by propagating their wrong ideas but they don't listen to you unless you have a PhD that's their system so he was doing his PhD on the contributions of Srila Prabhupada there's only one chapter left to go but his mentor at the university I think it's a Cambridge University he was living in Oxford but he was doing his degree from Cambridge so his mentor uh, spontaneously volunteered to, to um, finish the last chapter because he knew what the subject matter was and he, the material was there and to, uh, to, make, to, to make sure that he was given a posthumous PhD. PhD. So Kesha Bharati Prabhu said actually his service wasn't finished but actually when I wrote that Prabhupada when I wrote that his service wasn't finished I wasn't referring to his academic service which was going to be finished anyway by his professor at the university but I mean there's so much more he could have done. So much more. There's I mean there's no one in our movement like him. So there's so much more he could have done, but anyway, Krishna has his own plans. We don't understand his plans. So Krishna took him to him. And he'll go on preaching. Through his samadhi, through his is through his books. That one book of his, the, the servant of the servant, has been very influential on me. The the value of traveling sankhita and that dynamic always preaching mood which and his writing is also so really very very gifted talented writer so he's influenced so many people and will continue to do through through his books and through his disciples Hmm? yeah that, that gods demigods and what is it? gods demigods and incarnations cassettes that's been extremely influential. I mean, many many people's lives have changed through that. Hindus, born Hindus. We are not born Hindus. You are born Hindus. So that's been very, very influential. And that changed many, many people's lives because it's so powerful and convincing. Even Mahamani Krishna Prabhu, who's the, in many ways the father of preaching in, here in Dubai, uh, he said that well practically from you know from seeing that cassette our lives changed and then from that we started preaching in dubai and that, that had a lot to do with the whole development here so we
1: had a screening just four weeks ago hmm? we had a screening of that here in our temple hall ah ha ha before this <laughs> yeah god
0: and god's incarnations. so you can see what a powerful preacher very convincing people i mean anyone who came in his presence you did immediately you have to respect he just immediately commanded respect and his manner of preaching was so authoritative that and logical and empowered that people just had to accept
1: Someone who saw that cassette
0: you mentioned for the first time, and am seeing someone giving a speech for so long without
1: <coughs> changing his composure mm-hmm. Absolutely. Same in that situation. And most of you are now changing. He was very planned. He,
0: <laughs> he knew what he was doing.
1: pretty obvious in the book he, uh, mentions that uh,
0: well he wrote several books actually I, I particularly like that Servant of the Servant
1: this, in fact he put left in the morning at 9 o'clock you would make him stand in a row and then had would examine whether he's person the right hand